0: Politics and dystopia. Ladies gents and everything in between. Listen to A Thompson? I'd rather fuck a blood relative. Ladies and gents, welcome back to A Thompson and Other Disappointments. Your twice, sometimes thrice weekly Delve. Into the world of news, politics, dystopia, and all things awful. Uh, let's get into it. No, no podcast admin this time. I'm not going to bore you with any of that stuff. I don't need to sell the Patreon to you. You're very aware of all of that, I'm sure. I'll tell you a little bit about that towards the end, maybe. Uh, let's just dive into this like I'm Donald Trump, and this is a questionable business arrangement. I'm ready. Who's with me? Who is coming with me on this, on this journey? Grab yourself a beer, a brandy, whatever beverage you need to medicate your rage. And to, you know, to contain yourself, to, uh, to medicate your way through this. And let's put the world to rights over its many, many wrongs. Indeed, gather round all ye fans of dystopia, as we once again, try to make sense of the senseless. So what's going on out there, guys, what is happening? out there in the world. Let's take a look. Um, there is, there's loads of depressing, awful, downright dispiriting news. You know, when, when I started this podcast, it was sort of fantastical. It was sort of, um, you know, what would the world be like when it's... Imagine if it was this bad. Imagine if this tiny situation here exploded into this awful version of it. This sort of distant relative To the awful thing that kind of just about exists now now it's just become a documentary now it is just how things are now it's become it's moved away from sci-fi like what if to a current affairs show of what just happened today isn't it awful let's talk about it um so what is going on out there donald trump is in court he's getting told off by the judge um, and obviously this this would be a bigger story wouldn't it if it weren't for the uh, the Hamas Israel Gaza situation If that hadn't happened, then we would be all talking about Trump all day every day I'm sure because Trump is back in court and look it's it's been a while since we discussed the uh, you know the 300 pound skin suit, isn't it like I, I went through a phase of sort of doing like one Trump show a week it felt. At one point, but I, I think there's been so much, you know, domestic stuff going on, and then Israel, and you know, I've sort of lost track of him a little bit. It's been been like a little holiday, if I'm honest, dear listeners. I've had the, I've had the opulent luxury of forgetting that that sociopathic piece of shit exists. It's it's been a nice little break for me. So let's let's just do a little recap, shall we, of all the court cases. That he's got going on at once. Because it, it gets confusing, I think. It's hard to keep up. It's hard to maintain sort of awareness of all of them. All the different strands. All the different events and things that are happening. Like it's trying to keep a t- It's like, like trying to keep a tally on Jada Pinkett's entanglements. Isn't it? <laughs> like It's like so many little bits and strands and... Different stories, and that thing happened, you know? Did she fuck her son's friend? Did she? Uh, I don't know. Tupac? Apparently. Uh, Chris Rock as well now? Jennifer Lopez is the latest one I just read about. It's hard to keep up. And meanwhile, poor Will is in the background, just, you know, crying or fighting about it, you know? blubbing at the awards ceremony. This is over a year ago now, you know, where he was up there at the Oscars after he'd punched Chris Rock. And he said, Oh, love will make you do some crazy things. <laughs> just utter insanity is what she appears to have driven him to. Um, And look, just just before we get into Trump, I, I saw a tweet uh, from an old comedy head that I knew from back in the day uh, the other day. Um, it was by Nico Yearwood. Go and give him a follow. I think he's pretty funny. Um, he does really great, like, emceeing videos, uh, at Top Secret Comedy. Uh, and anyway, he tweeted about Jada Pinkett the other day. He put this tweet out. It made me lol. I've got it here. Hold on. Um, he says, he says, I just read that Tupac wanted to marry Jada Pinkett Smith. And now I actually think that P. Diddy and Keith D did him a favor. <laughs> Because, in a way, Tupac dodged a bullet by getting hit by those bullets. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck that. I mean, look, we've, we've all had a phase where we get together and, you know, we hook up with the crazy ones. I'm sure. You know, it's not just me. It's not just Will Smith. It's not just, you know, you, dear listener. We all know this. We've all had a phase where we like a crazy girlfriend or a bad boy boyfriend, perhaps. Whatever's your tipple. But most of us grow out of that shit when we're like 25. Fuck that. You can't build a life with somebody like that. Most of us get to 25 and we're like, yeah, I think I'm over that now. It's just not worth the 3am calls. You can't be 50 years old. (laughs) Will Smith at an award ceremony or like on a talk show crying about it. Or, you, you know, have your estranged wife banging your son's friend like all of this stopped being teen angst a long time ago will just let it go anyway so where were we trump right we're going to talk about trump this time uh so so let's let's try and get clarity on all of these trump cases shall we and then and then we're going to talk about the current one that's in the news uh as of last night and this morning so quick Regain of thoughts and where we're at with all things Trump. So he's got the 2016 campaign finance cash. That's one of the cases. That was the way he took money from, allegedly, took money from the campaign finance kitty and used it as hush money to pay Stormy Daniels to shut the fuck up, just don't tell anyone about this, all right? And made her sign the NDA, which she later broke. That one is happening in Manhattan, I believe. Then there's the retained classified documents case, which is where they raided Mar-a-Lago. You might remember that one. That one is happening in Florida. Uh, then there's the Trump, Trump org civil case is happening in New York as well. Uh, that's where he's being told. Uh, sorry, that's where the allegation is that uh, he inflated the value of his properties to then get loans to live off then devalued the profits that he was making so that he could avoid tax like as a sort of little swindle little scheme and it looks like off the back of that one it looks like he's going to be banned from doing business in new york permanently and he used to be like mr new york so this is a big thing and he owns lots of properties there wall street the trump tower so it's potentially gigantic for uh the new york property circles So that's three, right? That's the three ones, the three of his cases that we've done there. Then we've got the Georgia election subversion case. Where Donald Trump is accused of pressuring Georgia Republicans to dream up more votes. That's the one where he phoned the Georgia representative and he said, like, I just need I just need 20,000 more votes. You've just got to find me 20,000 more votes. Um, And that's the one where they've implemented this RICO order. Which you will recall if you've paid attention to some of these uh, reports a rico is a piece of us legislation that is designed to smash organized crime syndicates <laughs> that's what they're wheeling out to deal with the trump family that's number four number five is the january the 20 uh, january 2020 election denial riot the capitol building stuff in DC, which is itself a criminal thing, but it also has a load of offshoot civil cases where people are pursuing him, uh, you know, suing him for for spraining their ankle mid riots, like that, that sort of stuff, right? So there's five of these things happening concurrently. Oh, and then there's also the, uh, the thing where he was sued for having raped E. Jean Carroll, I believe her name was, and then even after that case, he disparaged her and now she's suing him again, I think. I think that's an accurate representation of what's happening with that one um but uh, mostly is these five right and this one that's in the news right now is the trump org one the one that's in new york where effectively he could be exposed as a complete financial fraud right and it's not a criminal trial so there's no prospect that he could go to jail with this one (laughs) at least But yeah, it's like it's sort of, you know, analyzing and appraising the thesis, as it were, that Donald Trump is a big fucking liar. And he isn't really fit to run a business empire, you know, the likes of which he has constructed over the last two or three decades. Um, And this is the one that's being brought by Attorney General Letitia James. So just bear that in mind for a second. You've got Letitia James, uh, Attorney General in New York business fraud inflating assets devaluing profit that is the crux of this now you may recall hearing that the judge in this case is a chap called Arthur Engoron which is like i like i love the name i just like Arthur Engoron it just sounds almost victorian doesn't it lord engoron of bulldock it would sound right in that sort of context anyway arthur engoron is the judge this um and the judge last month ruled in a pre-trial decision that trump and his company have indeed committed years of fraud and the court are effectively going to take control of trump org already ahead of the trial which like i don't know how i feel about that to be honest with you dear listeners like i'm sure there's something that i'm not getting or it hasn't been explained properly to me, or like, but how can you have a pre-trial decision? Like before the trial, like you're prejudging. You know, like the whole thing with the word prejudice is it's pre-judging. You know? Prejudging, prejudice. It's it's ruling before you've got the facts straight. So how can you have a pre-trial decision? On something of that magnitude, you know, it feels a bit off to me. It feels a bit full on. Before the trial, a pre-judge, it's vindictive is how it feels, you know, judge versus Trump style is how it sort of plays out to me, which, like, you know, I don't like Trump any more than anyone else does. But I think if you're going to if you're going to prosecute someone like this, you have to tread super carefully. You have to make everything, every process, every protocol, every decision that you make. You've got to make everything look as reasonable and fair and measured as possible. But like you can't be on some fucking n goron versus the moron shit, you know? Anyway, this piece in The Guardian uh, this morning reporting on this, it says over the past three weeks, prosecutors have been building their case that Trump and his family knowingly inflated the value of their properties. Trump's lawyers, in response, have been trying to argue that the valuations were accurate and any discrepancies were the fault of others. All right, okay. I see. That sounds... completely... (laughs) meeting expectation there, doesn't it? So the valuations were 100% accurate, guys. Nothing to see here. But also, simultaneously... Anything that might not be accurate was somebody else's fault. (laughs) Seems perfectly above board and definitely not psychopathic in in any way, in the slightest. It's the old, I'm perfect, but if I'm not, it's your fault. (laughs) It's like that. Jolly good. So anyway, this is the second day of witness testimony in this trial. And Trump has already got himself in trouble with the... uh, with the judge with the proceedings because there is there's witness testimony going on and he just can't keep his mouth shut you know, like he just can't it is beyond his capacity mentally intellectually just you know i mean like we all know that he likes to talk right there's no great revelatory thing there right we we all know that he can't help himself from sharing his thoughts and, or I don't know, you know, maybe Thoughts is doing some heavy lifting there. You know, he just <laughs> he can't help but just ejaculate impulse and and whatever, you know, half cognizant mutterings that a few remaining firing synapses in his brain can muster. He just can't help it. Just has to eject that shit out. And anyway, obviously, this is a big problem for when you're sat in a courtroom. You can't just freely speak at will in a fucking courtroom and this is different for donald trump right because put put trump on a stage and the guy is popcorn isn't he he's box office gold debate hosts can't get enough of him can they they just pull the cord and watch him go just rabbiting on, insulting people, lying at will. Like, it's oh, it's great for the ratings. Oh, it's amazing. The guy's fucking box office gold. But in the cold, sober surroundings of an American courtroom, where the substance of testimony and the facts and reality matter, you know? Well then, you know, interruptions and demonstrable rubbish are perhaps less celebrated. (laughs) Where ratings don't matter, truth and substance do. And so, so Trump is, you know, he's babbling and he's muttering and he's throwing his hands up animatedly, and and the prosecutor is like, yeah, look, uh, can we, like, we we can hear what he's saying, all right? He's he's being disruptive. Can you please request that the defendant pipe the fuck down? shove some respect at the court, you know? And the the judge is like, yeah, listen, man, settle down. Like, it really, it it, it speaks to the idea, I think, that Trump is this huge man-baby, doesn't it? You know that he can't keep still. He can't just keep his mouth shut. He can't respect the court. Like, my son is seven, and he can sit through a 90-minute movie without fidgeting or, or interrupting it now, you know? And I've made him sit through documentaries <laughs> because I am that father. You know, he's, he's, he's like, I, I want to watch Paw Patrol. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Look, who, who pays the license fee? Yeah. Who pays for the Netflix? But, but I'm, I'm only seven. I, I, I don't want to watch this. I'm like, listen to me, you little shit. We are watching abandoned Seattle venues of the golden era of grunge. Whether you like it or not, this is what we're watching. For two hours. And he's sobbing into his fish fingers. He's like, I want want a new dad. Anyway. No, I'm joking. I'm just like, even my son could sit through that shit for two hours and he would probably get through it without a tantrum. Probably. But Donald Trump can't sit still and keep his mouth shut for 37 minutes even when his billion-dollar fortune depends on it. Like, I mean, fuck The Apprentice. That, this would be a hell of a game show, wouldn't it? Can you shut the fuck up for a billion dollars, Donnie? No, no, still no. <laughs> now, the reason that he couldn't be quiet, the reason that he uh, threw his hands up, in sort of faux shock and horror was because the allegation, the charge, is that he inflated his asset values, okay? And so the prosecution bring up this property expert, this high-end real estate professional, with a view to establishing that, you know, yes, these properties were only worth, say, you know, $5 million, but Trump had said they were worth 12 million dollars or whatever the case may be and this expert takes the stand his uh, his name is doug larson and uh he takes the stand he's you know t- talking to uh the uh, prosecutor and then trump's lawyer gets up and he gets to cross-examine and trump's lawyer says words to the effect of look you've you've got four downplaying the value of mr trump's properties because uh in 2015 you undervalued the wall street tower by over a hundred million dollars and Larson responds well you know it wasn't wrong it was what we knew at the time to be true and so then Trump is like look for fuck's sake like so you thought it was worth less than it actually was and now that's what I'm being accused of again now is it like you're saying that I'm saying that these properties are worth more than they actually are like this is some bullshit like you're you're hooky you're crooked I mean that isn't what he actually said like but you know that you, you get the idea and I don't know, man, like, as I say, I don't like Trump. I do not. I'm not a Trump fan by any stretch. I could quite happily see him lose his entire business empire. I really could end up in prison and die broke. That would please me immensely. Because I do have a mean heart. <laughs> and though I, I can't help what it wants. The heart wants what it wants. You can't help what you like, listeners. And seeing that would basically become pornography for me. That's how much I would enjoy seeing that. But yeah, I mean, if this is the best that the prosecution can do is to, you know, is to find a guy who did undervalue something before, which seems to be the implication by Trump, you know, throwing his hands up, then I don't, like. it doesn't fill me with an awful lot of confidence for this trial, for this case. the other thing that came up was that this guy denied being a sort of um, contracted in valuation expert for the Trump organization. Like he said, he said, I never gave permission to be cited as a valuer. And then they pulled out a thing which basically showed that he did. He did give them permission to be cited as a valuations expert for the Trump organization. So it's like, look, Listen, guys, I'm all for Trump going down. I'm all for taking his money away from him and his buildings. Like, honestly, the tantrum. Can you imagine the tantrum? If you took all of Trump's buildings and his money away from him, it would be like a Will Ferrell movie on fentanyl. It would be like... Like, if he, he can't even sit still for an hour when his livelihood depends on it. What kind of composure do you think he would keep when they do actually rob him of his assets and propel him to financial and political obscurity? He would go insane No, like, insana, right? So I'm all for that. I'm definitely pro that happening. But I don't know, man, like, maybe there's more to this. Maybe there's more killer testimony coming up, but... Like for me, just like reading this this morning, I was like, I don't know if this is the one lads. you know, this doesn't feel like a smoking gun to me. Like if he's got, you know, five concurrent trials happening and they're all competing for which one is going to be the killer, you know, which one is going to neuter this motherfucker. Like, for all the Trump memes, you know, where the nuts portray him as Jesus. Like, which trial is actually going to nail him to a fucking cross and parade him through New York while liberals like me throw fresh veg at him? You know, like, not rotten veg, fresh veg. We've been through this, dear listeners. Fresh veg is harder. It'll hurt more. But which trial is going to do that? I ask myself, as I read this earlier, and I came away thinking, you know, reading the update of this testimony of this witness of Trump's reaction to it and so on. I, I came away thinking, like, I don't like, maybe there's more to it, but it, it doesn't feel at the moment like it's going to be this one. I mean, personally, like, I hope it's the election fraud one, the January the 6th. 2021 i hope that's the one that really crucified you know that's the one that's being led by um uh fuck, what's his name special counsel jack smith it's being overseen by judge tanya Chutkin. uh that's in washington dc for which trump received a gag order this week i don't know if you read about that like can you imagine being trump's lawyer for these like he can't even sit still for one hour in a courtroom like this fucking judge <laughs> and the other one is like yeah you're not allowed to speak publicly about the participants in this trial and do you know why she's done that right it's because he's already gone full throttle trump about it he's gone fifth gear he's already called a witness a gutless pig he called a prosecution like the uh, the prosecution team, he called them uh a, what was it a fucking a team of thugs Is what he labelled them. He called the special counsel deranged. On record. He mocked the special counsel. Jack Smith. He mocked his wife. He's gone fifth gear Trump. Already at these early stages. Of this trial. So anyway. He gets gagged. For, For all of that. And that is in parallel to the gag order. He's already got. For the fraud trial. In Manhattan. And here's where it gets fucking crazy. It's like, do you know what he did within 48 hours of receiving this latest gag order? 48 hours. Do you know what he did? Like, he's been ordered to not talk about witnesses and court staff or anything to do with the January 6th case. And within two fucking days of it, he posts a link to Truth Social that contains Letitia James, the attorney general from the fraud case. He posts a link that contains her home address on it. Her home fucking address. In a country and in a climate where MAGA Nut jobs Nutjobs packed their vans full of God knows what and ram-raid FBI officers. And he's like, yeah, it's fucking posted. In, in the same country where when he got raided in Mar-a-Lago, he posted like unredacted comments and like documents to Truth Social where it had unredacted... FBI agents' names, and they got doxxed and death threats. So he can't plead ignorance to this stuff. 48 hours of getting a gag order, and he posts this bitch's home address. So he's got to be breaking that original gag order, right, for the Manhattan fraud case. He's playing so fast and loose, loose with the American judicial system. It's like he's trying to kick off violence, trying to spark a civil war by doxing these key players, you know, trying to threaten them, trying to intimidate them. And it's so mad because, like, the, the, the effect that it has on us as, like, observers, as people on the left or centre left or, or whatever. Like, I was thinking the other day, like, how far we've sunk. Societally, internationally, you know, or like how radicalized I must have become, because honestly, like I wouldn't wish death on anyone. I don't want to see anyone's, you know, family suffer, or anyone have to go through the sort of, you know, the mourning phases and and missing them and empty chairs at the Christmas dinner and and all that. But truly, I think the best thing for the United States right now might be if the entire Trump family died in a car accident, you know? I really think, for the greater good, it might be for the best! (laughs) Like, how radicalised have I become if I'm literally sat here, broadcasting to my listeners, going, maybe, you know, when you think about it wholesale, pan out, on a macro level, wouldn't it be for the best, for the greater good, if they all just fucking snuffed it, you know? Like, it would be sad! I'm sure. Like, it'd be devastating for the people who love them. Or at least the people who think they love them, who love the version of them that's been spoon-fed to them through the IV of Fox News. But I'm just saying, you know, personally, societally, internationally, there could be an upside to it. <laughs> like, like maybe it'd be like Elvis, you know, where most of us know he was shit. Like, he wasn't even that good. Like, I'm sorry if you're a massive Elvis fan, he just wasn't actually that good. Most of us know what Elvis Presley was. We know he was ragging Priscilla Presley when she was fucking 13. Elvis was a paedophile. He was. He was a paedophile who served on black culture from the slums to the opulent, gilded existence that he came to enjoy. And he had a passable croon that uh, allowed him... Like, a lot of women wanted to fuck him. But that was it. He was a pretty paedophile black culture robber is what he was. But we let you all believe that he was the king, that he was special and he was the best to ever do it. So you can, yeah, you can fly over to Graceland and you can listen to Jailhouse Rock and, you know, Blue Suede Shoes and all that because it keeps you happy. And then you can nod off to the sort of, you know, mournful fantasy that we lost something great, that you really miss him. Yeah, oh, think of all the music that we lost when he died of a heart attack while taking a shit. You know, maybe Trump could be that. For all his legions of MAGA fans. His adoring, near religious MAGA fans. If the Trumps just died in a train crash or whatever, the world could maybe reapproach normal politically, geopolitically. Some grown ups could step in. All the conservative ultras over there, all of the magalot, lot, they could come down off the Kool-Aid, couldn't they? Finally, you know? It'd be like they just regained their post-coital faculties. Just come down off it. Like, whoa, whoa that was weird. Where was I? <laughs> like, they'd just come out of a coma, you know? They'd be like, what happened? Like, last thing I remember, it was 2016. I was at a barbecue. Like, How did I get here? Like, I stood in front of a courthouse. Dressed head to toe in a Dixieland flag, what happened? You know, or well, they'd be really sad about it. They could go and visit Mar-a-Lago once a year, and they could re-watch all of his old Apprentice shows, and they could lip-sync to his rallies, and you could get a picture taken next to the big sculpted golden Trump head that they got made. You remember that? I mean, that's probably a better day out than standing outside a courtroom isn't it? I mean, like, if you ask the Michael Jackson fans out there, right, honestly, what would you rather? That he was still alive now, and you have to trek to the arse end of Los Angeles to stand outside his third or fourth child molestation trial? Like, is that how you want to live your life and profess your love to your favourite pop star, is it? Or would you rather that he's dead and buried, and you just go up to the West End to see Thrill alive? And maybe in a couple of years, you fly over to see Neverland. It's a better day out, guys. So, like, I'm I'm just saying. What am I saying? What am I actually saying? I'm just saying maybe it's better if they died. <laughs> like, in the greater, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it could be better if they were in the ground. Wow, this has got awkward. Um. Anyway, elsewhere in the US. Let's let's keep this US flavored today, shall we? Elsewhere in the US. I don't know if you guys caught this, but um you know, because so much of the coverage recently has uh, understandably been about the humanitarian layers uh to the bombing in Gaza, you know, the kidnappings from Israel, the murder um but uh Biden is considering Oh, excuse me. Biden is considering a 100 billion dollar aid package to split between, you know, all of the international aid, like the Israels, the Ukraines. It's just eye-watering money, man, isn't it? A hundred billion dollars. One hundred billion dollars. And I know it's like, it's completely the wrong mindset to have with this but do you ever hear those sorts of stories do you ever hear that kind of sum of money and you just think i mean yeah you know absolutely help those people out help those families rebuild their infrastructure invest in global security absolutely help them but could i just get a billy could i please just one more Please, can I get a billion dollars? For little old aid. What what the fuck are you suggesting aid? This is highly offensive. I mean, look, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you're signing off a hundred billion dollars, like, could you just make it a hundred and one? Like what? I <laughs> don't see. It's not that controversial, is it? Just make it a hundred and one, man. What, what the fuck is wrong with you aid? It's been a tough year. I've had the remortgage. Now I got this throat thing inflation is out of control uh, oh, oh, you thought a good way to address the inflation might be to ask us to magic another billion dollars out of thin air is that what you're saying well okay look you, i'm just saying if you're already doing it a hundred times before what's one billion more you know to just help a guy out like i know it's the wrong mindset to have i know obviously there are people in greater need than me i'm you know i'm not a complete fucking idiot so by all means, help them out. I'm just saying. If it costs a hundred billion dollars to help them out, can you just help me out too <laughs> for marginally more? You know, I won't even be greedy about it. I'm willing to negotiate. I don't even need a billion. I'll take that right down to five hundred million. Me- I think it's a 250 million dollars. To fucking 280K in Sterling. Just pay off my mortgage, Biden. You stingy, doddery old bastard. Just just sign the check, Joe. And if anyone asks you about it, just say you don't really remember like what you signed. And and, and like when you've signed. you signed. You don't really understand what's going Like People will accept that. It's very believable, Joe. I, I, I don't really uh, remember. No further questions, Your Honour. It's fine. Case closed. Do you think that'll end up being Hunter Biden's defense? By the way, I think it could be. I think that could sort him right out, like just at the end of Joe Biden's term as president, just as the chickens are coming home to roost for Hunter Biden. If Hunter turns round to the DA and he's like, "Actually, it was uh, it was my dad that bought the gun," uh, in reality, yeah, my, my dad, my dad bought that gun. The DA is like, uh, "Is that true?" And Joe Biden steps in like I don't remember it. Okay, case closed. All done. Anyway, so Israel have requested uh, ten billion dollars from the US in the aftermath of the Hamas attacks. Ten fucking billion. And that, I guess, you know, I guess that will inform the larger package of a hundred billion across other states, and you know. Various other places that need aid and support and military and, and whatever. But yeah, 10 billion. Like, I don't want to attract criticism here and, you know, have people say that I'm being anti-Semitic. You know, I'm not. I, I love the Jews. Love them. Bloody love the Jews. Um, And, and Israel, you know, massive, massive props to Israel for their hustle on this. I mean, you, <laughs> you have to give them credit. This is hustle. Gotta give them credit. Or if not credit, then a steady stream of GDP proportion of actual funding. Just free fucking money. Like, Israel have one of the most advanced defense and espionage and intelligence services in the world. Did you know that? And they already get billions of dollars. Fucking billions from the US every year. Every fucking year, America are like, oh, you, you guys seem important. And uh, geographically strategic forests. Here, here we go. Have three billion dollars every year. While while uh, our own people live in tent cities and under bridges. Yeah, oh, it's no problem. Here we go. Here's a check. It's incredible. Three billion dollars from the U.S. Every. Do you know Israel's GDP is four hundred and eighty-eight billion dollars? <laughs> like <laughs> half a trillion. And their debt to GDP, which is the important bit, is like half of the European nations, like equivalent. So like we have 100% debt to GDP. I think France is like 80 or 90. Germany's is like 80 or 90. Like European nations, high debt to GDP ratio. And Israel have got 488 billion coming in and their debt is like fucking 60%, 50, 50, 60%. So they're making fucking bank over there. And on top of that, then they get the billions from the us as well and now after their own defense and intelligence failure immediately afterwards they're like yeah we're, we're gonna need another 10 billion dollars i'm afraid like fair fucking play lads that is that is a hustle that is man that is like a car mechanic right imagine this that's like a car mechanic who told you like yeah you're going to need to spend about 300 quid getting this car safe. It's to, that's how much it's going to cost you to keep it safe. Three 300 pounds. 300 boys. Yeah. And so then you spend the 300 quid. And then four weeks later, you're driving down a motorway on your way to Devon. On the, maybe on the way to Cornwall or something. And it turns out you are the sole survivor of that road trip to Cornwall. Because the wheel comes off and you get in a car wreck. And then you go back to the mechanic. You're like, what the fuck, man? My family's dead. We crashed. I'm the sole survivor. You told me 300 quid and it'd be safe. And the mechanic's like, yeah, well, I mean, I may have misjudged. (laughs) I may have, I may have undervalued that a tad. Maybe if I don't make it as a mechanic, there's a job for me at the Trump organization. Anyway, 300 pounds, I thought was sufficient to make it safe, but apparently not. Now, Now, in hindsight, I'm actually thinking pay me 1500 pounds and i I could probably get it roadworthy again you know it's a hustle and the u.s are so dumb they're just led by this weekend at bernie's propped up corpse motherfucker now like this you know he's like one of those um he's like one of those animated robotic mannequins you get at shit theme parks you know, that's that's Biden, basically, at this point. You're just a dead guy, propped up, no fucking idea what's going on. And Israel and the mechanic, after the accident, go like, Yeah, sorry about your family. Uh I could get a roadworthy again, though, but it's gonna cost you one thousand five hundred dollars. And Biden's like, All right, you know, just pulls out the check, but signs it over to them. Ten fucking billion. Christ. Ten billion dollars. Like, doesn't it feel kind of doesn't it feel kind of fucked up to anyone else that it's like it's like Gaza that gets levelled into a sinkhole you know, just hospitals gone schools bombed people left drinking water from the toilet because they cut off the mains, there's no power, no fresh water, and it's Israel going, yo, 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 yo need, we need some fucking help here, Joey, Joey oi, oi Can we get a cool 10 billion, please? where's the fucking funding for Gaza? Like, I'm not taking anything away from, like, how, you know, how horrific and brutal that attack on Israel was last week at the festival. It's disgusting. Everyone involved in that should be caught, captured, prosecuted, and jailed. But I don't think Israel's in desperate need of humanitarian aid cash right now, is it? Really? Like, what do you need $10 billion for? Really? And I'm not being stingy. I'm not trying to be all like, oh, right about it. Like, Ukraine, fine. Give them weaponry. Give them defenses. Ways to detect Russian drones. Food and logistics support. Fine. That makes sense to me. They need billions, I say just sign a cheque, give it to them. A country that's imploding under the military assault of a fucking megalomaniac, give, give them the money they need, that makes sense. Maybe somewhere like Ethiopia as well, you know, developing nations. Uh, you know, give give them a few billion. that's fine, give them a leg up. Then you trade with them, you work hand in hand, build a good relationship, they become your man in that region. Which is good for defence and geopolitical security and all of that. Fine, all of that makes sense. Give them a couple of billion. Third world countries, countries under attack from megalomaniacs. But I don't think Israel falls into either of those fucking categories, does it? Come on. Are they a third world country? Are they? Are they broke? Are they dying of starvation on that side of the border? Are they? I don't know. Like honestly, I think anyone who looks at Israel and goes, "Yeah, yeah, they," They urgently need $10 billion. I think they are vastly undervaluing (laughs) what Israel is. And you should probably keep an eye on yourself if that's you, because Letitia James is going to come knocking. Guys, that's it. I got to go. I got to run out the door. um, Because much like Trump, I also cannot sit still and behave myself for longer uh, than an hour. If you are enjoying these shows, uh and or, you know, the, the punk politics videos that I do on YouTube, uh do consider joining the Patreon. It starts at only three pounds a month. Uh, or you could just follow me on there. Now I notice. So if you want to just follow me on something that's a bit more personal uh than Twitter and TikTok and all the rest of it, then jump on there. It's patreon.com forward slash aid Uh if you do sign up, and as I say it starts at only three pounds a month, there's a bunch of benefits. Uh we have a Discord chat uh, where fans of the show or like followers or whatever could jump in, um, you get episodes of the podcast two days ahead of everybody else, and it comes direct to you through your chosen podcast player. So that could be like Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever. Um, you get an RSS feed for that, so you can plumb it straight in. Uh, You get first dibs on tickets to the live shows. The next one is the 10th of November. That's me, Super Tansky, Dane Baptiste, Marina Perkis, uh, Danny fucking Price. It's going to be a good time. That's in Tower Hill in London. God, I almost... I was about to say Tower of London. We're not that big. Nobody's inviting us to the Tower of London, aid. Um, I also do London-based meetups. We meet up in Brick Lane uh, every six months or so. Um, I do one-to-one Skype calls with members of my god tier. That's the £10 a month tier, which no nobody needs to jump on that. But if you do, you do get Skype calls with myself. Uh, you also get named and shamed at the end of episodes like this. Some people call it being credited. Um, I call it named and shamed. You are forever linked and associated with the content that I put out. Um, so big shouts to Bowman, Kai, Christy, David, Martin Maracas, Mojo Sabian, Oliver Stevens, Peter Del Monte. Pingu, Silent, Stuart, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex, uh, Alex Souter, Alex Tooth, uh, Jeff McGoff, Mark Harris, Ned Berg, Ricardo, Sarah, and Simon. Thank you so much, guys. Um, big love to all of you. And thank you so, 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 so much for continuing to support the show. Um, that's it from me. I'll be back soon. Next week's show, uh, show. I was about to say show Next week's solo show. Uh, will be, or should be, out on Tuesday. Um, But I've also got OnlyFans entertainer, come political voice, Star B, dropping by on Friday night. That'll be live-streamed over on YouTube. Um, Until then, take care of yourselves, guys. Stay booge, and we are out this motherfucker.